Everything that happens tonight will not be in the order of worship. However, the symbol of the presence of Christ is a long-standing practice in the church. We talked about being obsessive-compulsive just a moment ago. It isn't just lighting candles. It's a reminder that when we come together, we invite the presence of Christ to be with us. Where two or three are gathered and Jesus is invited, he assures us he will show up. Okay. Thank you for showing up. Jesus is here too. The service, I will admit my plan is to make this go as close to midnight as possible. That's my thing. Okay. My thing is to be in church when the birthday of Jesus arrives. So, if you're able to stay, fine. If you feel the need to leave, fine. If you stay, our hope is it will be, you'll find it worth your while. Okay? Um, we have several people who were here at 7 o'clock and came back for another dose. So... Um, I'll take that as an affirmation that it wasn't all bad. Okay? What we'll be doing is we'll be weaving together old things, new things. Okay? And um, we invite you to be comfortable. Experience the presence of Jesus. And experience Jesus' love. Welcome. If you are able, please stand and we'll do the call to worship. Christmas is coming. Around the earth Heaven proclaims peace is to all people of goodwill. On this most holy night, the true light of the world shines among us. Let that same light be enkindled in our hearts. Let it shine through our lives so that we can sing with joy. And our first song is on page 240, Hark the Herald Angels Sing. And I'll do the Methodist commercial. This is a Methodist Christmas carol written by Charles Wesley. Oh, yeah. 
For a small crowd. Hey. And at this time, we like to do a celebration of our peace and we greet each other with a smile, handshake, whatever. So let's take a few moments and. If you need to, if you greet. feel the need to distance, distance, but don't, don't begrudge the smile. <laughs> when when you leave you can't you 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 can't deny that you were the center of attention <laughs> our service tonight is also a communion service. Within Methodism, ours is an open communion. And people often don't understand the reasons that it's an open communion. It's an open communion because before we come to the table, we invite people to be honest with themselves and with God. That's called confession. And we're assured that if we're honest with God, God will still love us. That's called forgiveness. Okay. Ours is an open table. You're invited to confession. Okay. Would you join me? O oh God of grace, you gave Jesus to rescue us. We ask you to overcome our darkness with his light, overcome our selfishness with his love, overcome our apathy with his intensity, and overcome our cowardice with his steadfast devotion and courage. We would be cleansed from all our sins, 
Moreover, we would live in peace within ourselves and with all people. Through your mercy, forgive us. By your power, establish your kingdom, world without end. Amen. Invite you to moments of silent confession. When we talk about Christmas, what we're talking about is a miracle of miracles. And the miracle is this. God showed up. God showed up like one of us. We don't talk about it very much. But when we talk incarnation, God being one of us, okay, what we celebrate on Christmas Day is the arrival of God like one of us from beginning to end. The whole of human life the good bits and the bad bits. Amongst the things that Jesus did was he empowered the people closest to him to do what he did. He did outrageous things. Remember the guy that got let down through the roof? Jesus didn't say you're healed. He said your sins are forgiven. (gasps) And then Jesus said, what's easier to say? Take up your bed and walk or your sins are forgiven. Jesus came to show us how to forgive. That's one of the many things Jesus came to do. We all are given that gift. I know that the church has tried to monopolize it, but we're all given that gift. Okay? God loves you. You've been honest with him, you're forgiven. God loves you. You're forgiven. God loves you. You are forgiven. Thank you. I usually have to ask for that. Okay? You were there. Yes, that's right. You were there at 7 o'clock. It hasn't worn off yet. Okay? Now, when was the last time you forgave somebody? Turn to somebody next to you and say, you are forgiven. (laughs) 
You are forgiven. Thank you. And then we, we, we've already ha- had one, one person vocalize it, but the preacher's in such bad shape, he needs to hear it from you all. Could you tell me that I am forgiven? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Would you lead us in our affirmation? Sure. Thanks. You may join me if willing. The Christmas affirmation of faith. We believe God came into the world as a new life. He came as a baby who was destined to bring light and love to our lives. We believe that our salvation has come from something small, tender, and vulnerable. It comes from something hardly noticeable. It comes from an infant born in a Bethlehem stable. We know that few people witnessed and fewer understood this extraordinary event. The word was made flesh and dwells with us. We believe that that small baby of Bethlehem grew to be the carpenter of Nazareth. He was the rejected preacher. He was the naked man on the cross. Finally, he is the risen Lord who with nail-pierced hands, he has flung open the doors of the kingdom of God so that we can enter in and know the blessings that await us there. Amen. Amen. We will not be singing the glory Instead, we will be doing the prayer that Jesus taught us. Amongst the things that I say regularly is this. If you want to know what it means to be a Christian, and you want to know how God is going to treat us, okay, look at the Lord's Prayer real closely. The hardest part of that prayer is the part where we ask God to forgive us the way we have forgiven those who sin against us. We don't often teach people God's going to treat us exactly the way we treat each other. But it's right there in the prayer. Would you join me? Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. The Christmas story starts well before the night in Bethlehem. It starts with the children of Israel trying to sort out their relationship with God. Things were a mess. And they were looking for a way to get the mess cleaned up. The prophet Isaiah described who God would send. 
from Isaiah 42. Here is my servant whom I uphold, my chosen in whom my soul delights. I have put my spirit upon him. He will bring forth justice to the nations. He will not cry or lift up his voice or make it heard in the street. A bruised reed he will not break, and a dimly burning wick he will not quench. He will faithfully bring forth justice. He will not grow faint or be crushed until he has established justice in the earth and the coastlands wait for his teachings. Thus says God the Lord, who created the heavens and stretched them out, who spread out the earth and what comes from it, who gives breath to the people upon it and spirit to those who walk in it. I am the Lord. I have called you in righteousness. I have taken you by the hand and kept you. I have given you as a covenant to the people, a light to the nations to open the eyes that were blind, to bring out the prisoners from the dungeon, from the prison where those set in darkness. I am the Lord, that is my name. My glory I give to no other, nor my praise to idols. See the former things have come to pass, and new things I now declare. Before they spring forth, I tell you of them. Sing to the Lord a new song, his praise from the end of the earth. Let the sea roar and all that fills it, the coastlands and their inhabitants. The word of God for the people of God. And and our carol is number 211, O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. If you are able to stand, that would be great. If not, we understand.
seated. Our second scripture is from Luke 2 verses 1 through 7, the birth of Jesus. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Cornelius was governor of Syria and everyone went to his own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no room for them in the end. Our next song is uh, page 217, Away in a Manger. If you are able, please stand.
may be seated. Our next scripture is Luke 2, verses 8 through 20, the shepherds. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to men on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child, and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks Thanks be be to to God. God. And our next song is 238, Angels We Have Heard. Oh, oh, oh. 
Thank you. You may be seated. We're going to invite you to the bread and the cup. Without Christmas, there could be no bread or cup. Because the person whose birth we celebrate is the one who broke the bread and shared the cup. It had to have been a real shocker for the people around the table. Okay? Most folk don't know it, but it was a party. It was a party. Seder feast. Passover. Okay. You wonder, you wonder, you wonder why the disciples had difficulty staying awake in the garden that night after their feast because they each had at least eight glasses of wine. <laughs> what we try to do is we try to make the bread and the cup all together too neat. The person whose birth we celebrate is a person who somehow made it possible for us to be at one with God. That word had to be invented. Most often it said atonement. At one with God. God in us, us in God. No boundaries. How does one live that way? You look at Jesus. Okay? Jesus not only came to teach, he came to show. When he came out of the wilderness after his baptism, First words out of his mouth, according to the gospel of Mark, was repent. And we use that word and we don't understand what the Greek word means. Okay? Repent means turn it around. I've used the example before, and I'm going to pick on you, Sheila. You know, Sheila, there's more people here tonight than was at my first church that I preached in the state of Michigan as a Methodist pastor. Yeah, and I hope so too. It didn't, you know, because God worked. And you know, Sheila, 
it was easy to get this. Whoa, this. Excuse me. Okay, go ahead. I was wondering how long you were going to last. <laughs> it's rude to talk to somebody with your back turned to them. And Jesus told the entire nation of Israel, that's what you've been doing. You've been talking to God with your back turned to him. Turn around. Okay. Look God in the face. Oh, can't do that. You'll die. Not if God is love. And what did Jesus live? Jesus lived. God is love. God is love. Everywhere that Jesus went, he not only taught, okay, but he did. The kingdom of God is at your fingertips. Stretch and you touch it. It's right there. Oh, come on. Child, your sins are forgiven. They're fussy. Take up your bed and walk. Kingdom of God showed up. A mom's daughter died. Heartbroken. There's nothing worse than can happen to a parent than outliving a child. Doesn't make any difference whether they're six weeks old or 80 years old. And Jesus went over to the child and said, Child, get up. Kingdom of God's here. Bunch of people were hungry. Jesus asked his followers, what do you got? Hey, we got a kid here. He's got two pieces of fish and, and some bread. Okay, start divvying it up. And thousands were fed. Kingdom of God showed up. No sickness, no death, no hunger, no pain. When he took the bread that night so long ago, nobody around that table knew what he meant. This is my body broken for you. Oh, come on, man. This is a party. Think about it. He took the cup. 
and blessed it and said, this is my blood. Okay? Now, for us, because we're not Jewish, that doesn't have any significance. But a Jewish person, devout, would never touch a cup of blood. It's unclean. What I am about to do is going to change the relationship between all humankind and God. He was crucified, died, buried, rose again. And you know where the story started? The story started in a barn. God said, I'm going to change the world. And the first one he enlists is probably a girl between 12 and 15 years old. Boy, adults have trouble with that one. And why would he do something radical like that? Because the 14-year-old would say, yeah, if that's what you want me to do, I'll do it. Think about it. Think about it. How improbable. Doesn't make any sense. Goes against all logic. Okay. See this sorry looking cabinet that the communion sign? This was the first altar for this congregation probably in 1828. There are more of us here tonight than probably were in that house or that barn when they had the meeting that night. came the Clinton Methodist Church. There was a Clinton Methodist class before there was a Clinton village. There was a Clinton Methodist class before there was a state of Michigan. An improbable beginning. An unlikely start. Look at what happened with Jesus. Yes, we argue about Jesus all the time. Okay? But can you imagine your life influencing billions of people for the better? You check world history, there's only six that are in that category. 
Okay? And four of those six we can argue about. <laughs> and say they probably shouldn't be there. Okay? A bunch of people in a farm house or a barn in Clinton. Something happens when Jesus shows up. Can be in a barn, can be in a church building. The most important place is here and here when Jesus shows up. When Jesus shows up, the kingdom of God shows up. And I, for one, will know that I am in the kingdom of God when there's no more sickness, no more pain. No more death. And I feel the divine finger wiping the tears away from my eyes. An improbable beginning. A simple tradition. A ritual. We break bread. We share a cup. And Jesus says, wherever we do that, I'll show up. Somehow, when we pray over these, Jesus makes them somehow his body and his blood. I won't get into transubstantiation and all that other stuff. But what's most important is when the bread and the cup come into us, somehow we become Jesus. But Jesus' body, doing Jesus' work for God, for the glory of the kingdom. Is it magic? No. It is, however, real. Let us pray. Blessed Jesus, you've already consecrated the bread and the cup beyond anything anybody else can do. You have shown so much love. No one has any greater love than to lay down his, her life for another. And you've done that. When you walked this earth, you did not ask anyone else to do anything you had not already done. And you did it all including dying and rising again. Oh Lord, somehow, some way, 
Make this bread, make this cup your body, your blood. And, O Lord, as we take in the bread and the cup, make us your body, doing your work in your world for your kingdom. Hear our prayer. Amen. As I've mentioned, ours is an open communion. All are invited to the bread and the cup. If you have difficulty with the common loaf and the common cup, we have individual ones. Okay? Would you come? There's no rush, but you are most welcome to come. of Christ broken for you and the blood of Christ broken for you the body 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 of Christ broken for you that's fine go for it the body of Christ broken for you fine body of Christ broken for you. The body of Christ broken for you. The body of Christ broken for you. The body of Christ broken for you. Blood of Christ shed for you. Now, I'm going to do a very bad one. Do you know how the Eucharist is supposed to end? And then they sang a hymn. Joy to the world, the Lord is come. Let earth receive her King. Let every heart prepare him room, and heaven and nature sing, and heaven and nature sing, and heaven and heaven and nature sing. Going to do a time of meditation. This church, like many other churches, faces a challenge. The barn where it all started was 2,000 years ago. The church where this, or the barn where this church started was 200 years ago. It's now the 21st century. Remember we talked about the flame? Okay. For us, the flame has become easy. I saw a little bit of a video, okay, that showed what it took to light a candle 
before matches were invented. It took skill. It took persistence. It didn't always work the first time. You ever wonder why in the, the, the movies of the old days there's always a fire going in the fireplace? That's so they could light the candles at night. <laughs> so they could light the candles at night. Yeah, they cooked with it. Yeah, they heated it with it. Okay, but it kept going in the summer too. Because if it went out, the house went dark. Okay, now we're in the 21st century. Okay. I ask you for a light. All right. What's your reply going to be? Okay. Your flashlight? Okay. One one of the people in the earlier service says, "My lighter or my phone?" <laughs> what kind of light do you need? <laughs> uh-huh. Okay, it's the 21st century. What's it going to mean for us as Christians to let our light shine? Okay, I'm a very conservative person and a traditionalist. Okay, it was hard, Linda, it was hard for me to say yes. <laughs> okay. It was hard for me to say yes. However, okay, I knew that we needed to explore something different in regard to what it means to carry the light of Christ. Now, I'm walking back here because I'm memory impaired and I left my candle up on the pulpit. A little later, we're going to be passing the light, okay? And it won't be a flame. Hopefully you got one of these. You turn it upside down, and there's a little black lever on the bottom. Okay. Too easy to represent sharing the love of God? Not real enough? Fine. Sorry for sticking you up there by yourself. See, I got a cell phone, finally. I was born B.C. Yeah, before computers and before cell phones. Okay? I still don't know how to make this thing light up. All right? But you go to a rock concert now, no more lighters, no more candles. 
okay? Among other reasons, because it's safer. <laughs> Just as well be honest about it, it's safer. How is the church, this church, this congregation, going to meet the challenges of keeping the story going that started in a barn 2,000 years ago? And how is this congregation, thank you for visiting us, <laughs> hope you come back, okay, how is this congregation going to keep the story going that started in a barn in Clinton 200 years ago. That's the challenge. It's Christmas Eve. It's when we get ready for Jesus to be born. It's when we celebrate the moment God reached down to everyone with reckless love. Most often, we don't get the passion and the depth of it all. There's too much paradox. There's too much mystery. There's too much unreasonableness. We just don't get it. Almost unnoticed, a very human thing, a baby's birth, happened in a rude barn. It may have been a cave. That began a thing that goes beyond past, present, or future. The woman's labor pains brought to life more than just a new and wonderful person. In that stable, God began a totally new creation. Old things began to pass away, and all things started to become new. That is the way almost everything truly important begins. Not with a big bang but with tears and a whimper. The things that change history and the universe rarely start in the middle of things where everyone can see them. They start at some lonely edge of things and go unnoticed until they can't be ignored anymore. In the beginning, God in vast wisdom created everything and formed this earth. God knew this creation to be, I love the Hebrew, because in the Hebrew, the word is better than good. It's more like our word superb. Okay? God looked at creation and said, yes! The witness in the book of Genesis says again and again, God made things, living or not, plant or animal, cold-blooded or warm-blooded, and God saw that it was better than good. At the end of the beginning, God saw that all was made, and now take this in, it was all beyond very good. Everything God made has meaning, intention, and purpose. Okay. You'll very seldom hear me quote Elon Musk. All right? But somebody asked him, 
do you believe in God? And his reply was, if by that you're asking me if I believe that everything has meaning and purpose, yes. What a surprising answer, especially from him. God created humans, that includes you and me. From the very stuff of which the earth is made, God used the dust, the smallest bits and pieces, not only of earth, but of stars, comets, and other planets, stuff just laying around. Because of the stuff we are made of, we are ever so closely connected to not only earth, but the cosmos. You got a little bit of meteor in you somewhere. A little bit of comet, not the cleanser. Okay? A little bit of some supernova somewhere out vast differences, distances. Okay. No matter what our views of science or religion, we literally share the common ground with everything that is, particularly this planet, living or not. This isn't about being liberal. It isn't about being conservative. It's about getting real. God made you and me to tend this very good creation, our home, Earth. Here in God's garden, we are the gardeners. God made paradise for us here, and we are God's gift to paradise to take care of it. Don't believe me. Read Genesis. We are intimately connected to the earth. What we do to the earth and to creation, we do to ourselves. When we care for the earth and for creation, we care for ourselves. When we abuse or hurt the earth, we abuse and hurt ourselves. When we disdain creation, we do the same to ourselves and to each other. We often forget that we need to tend to ourselves and to each other. When we abuse or hurt each other or ourselves, at that moment we hurt and abuse all creation. That little bit of star in us, that little bit of comet, that little bit of asteroid, we don't think of it in those terms mostly. You and I are here to work together with God in the ongoing creation of this beautiful world. It's ours to dream, to invent, and to make new things. It's ours to do miracles, to do good, to do beautiful, astonishing things. We are to do those things that spread light and overcome the darkness of ignorance and hatefulness, greed, and evil. We're meant to follow the example of the one who made us. We're to follow the example of the one who broke the bread and said, this is my body.
blessed the cup and said, this is my blood. God made humankind like the rest of all creation. God made us essentially sound and good. God put a unique spark, a divine light within each of us. And that light is the image of God. At the beginning, the world was full of light. It was flooded with life, love, peace, truth, beauty. Then the world was Eden. It was paradise. It knew no suffering, no violence, no poison, no death, or any evil of any kind. All was as it should be. All was as God wants it to be. However, God made us human beings free and gave us a will. Some argue that God made the only mistake God has ever made by doing that. In our freedom, we have refused to cooperate with God. In our freedom, we've abused the earth and creation with our technology. We've brought the darkness of hate, greed, jealousy, and violence here. We have vandalized what God made very good. We try to blame God for the way things are, but it's really not God's fault. God didn't plan this mess that we're in. We've done it by ourselves, to ourselves, and to each other. Rather than tending and protecting the garden, we've become the weeds and the disease that infest and infect it. We've become the cancer of creation. All of God's creation is hurt and groans in its pain. Paul, in his letter to the Philippian, or his letter to the Romans, says, "It is plain to anyone with eyes to see that at the present time." All created life groans in a sort of universal travail. Throughout human history, the light of love, peace, and truth has been snuffed out. The lawgivers ignored, the prophets imprisoned or murdered, the governors corrupted. Things just kept getting darker and darker. Finally, darkness cloaked everything. The light of love, peace, and truth was a hazy memory. There came more and more and more moments of desperation, despair, and darkness. Things became so bad that one who could see, one whose eyes were opened by God, one who would listen, whose ears were opened by God, wrote, Hear, O heavens, listen, O earth, for the Lord has spoken. I have raised children and brought them up, but they have rebelled against me. A people loaded with guilt, a brood of evildoers, children given to corruption. Why should you be beaten anymore? Why do you persist in rebellion? Your whole head is sick. 
your whole heart is faint. From the sole of your foot to the top of your head, there is no soundness or healthiness, only wounds and welts and open sores, not cleansed or bandaged or soothed with oil. Your country is desolate, your cities burned with fire, your fields are being stripped by foreigners right before you. They are laid waste as when overthrown by conquerors. That's from the prophet Isaiah. And finally God warned, therefore night will come over you without visions and darkness without divination. The sun will set for the prophets and the day will go dark for them. The seers will be ashamed and the diviners disgraced. They will all cover their faces because there is no answer from God. You ever been in a place so dark that you forgot what light looks like? It became as though the light had never been. God saw the darkness where it once been light. God asked us, why should you be beaten anymore? Is the question an expression of divine impatience or a sign of divine despair? Yet God decided to give us all one last chance. For God so loved the world, the apocalypse was delayed. Instead of the expected rolling up and throwing away of the tattered old coat that creation has become, God put on a brilliant disguise. God has come in order to live among us and to rekindle the light of God's own image in us. A child was born in a stable some 2,000 years ago. That child, Jesus, was somehow God. A glowing light of the divine. And as the child grew, the light became ever brighter, a small but important light of love and peace and truth. Jesus went around doing good. In the good he did, he rekindled the small light of love, peace, and truth in each that he touched. There was a fisherman. There was a physician a tax collector, a revolutionary, a possessed woman, a prostitute, a housewife, and many, many more. Here a man born blind got his sight back. There a mother had her daughter, once dead, returned to her arms alive. In another place, five loaves and two small fish fed thousands. Each person tasted of the feast that is to come in God's blessed kingdom. Everywhere he went, Jesus was the light in the darkness. He showed up, and he showed the kingdom is at our very fingertips. Jesus passed up on the light. Where people of power tried to snuff out his light through the crucifixion, 
God, through the resurrection, guaranteed that the light of love and peace and truth would continue. Even where, when those closest to Jesus went into hiding, the risen one came to their secret place. He assured them, saying, Peace be with you. Then he showed him his hands and his feet, showed him his sides, and he told them, Just as the Father sent me, I am now going to send you. The one who cried from the cross, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do, told them in that room, if you forgive anyone's sins, they are forgiven. Later, Jesus told one who struggled with faith, put your finger here, see my hands. Reach out your hand and put it into my side. Stop doubting and believe. And even when those closest to Jesus returned to their fishing nets. The risen one came to the seashore to once again rekindle the light and to challenge them to spread the divine light, to love, to forgive, to feed the lambs. The light. Jesus has given the light of love to me. I pass it on to you. Pass it on to others. Jesus has passed the light of God's love to me. Pass it on to others. Jesus has passed the light of love to me. Pass it on and share it with others. Now, there's a little song I want to invite you to sing. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine, let it shine, let it shine, let it shine, let it shine till Jesus comes, I'm going to let it shine, let it shine till Jesus comes, I'm going to let it shine, let it shine till Jesus comes. I'm going to let it shine, let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. Our benediction will be silent night. Silent night, holy. Oh, 
come, all is bright round yon virgin, mother and child, holy infant, so tender and mild, sleep in heavenly peace, sleep in heavenly peace. Merry Christmas. If you have not seen the candy cane prayer, there's still copies of it on the table just outside the door in the narthex. Thank you for being here. Have just a very great Christmas. Merry Christmas, Merry Christmas.